Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is March 15th, 2022, and our first story, Joe Biden has failed the United States in almost every way. Inflation through the roof, wholesale costs through the roof, gas prices through the roof, more COVID deaths in 2021 than 2020, now escalating war and reports that Saudi Arabia is snubbing him. Even liberals like Bill Maher and Trevor Noah are slamming Joe Biden. And we're learning Saudi Arabia may do oil deals with China with the yuan instead of the dollar. This could be the end of the United States' global dominance, and it could be under Joe Biden's presidency. In our next story, the UN Secretary General says nuclear war is a real possibility. Thanks, Joe Biden. And in our last story, the Biden White House deploys TikTokers to spread propaganda. Once again, thank you, sir. If you like the show, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. I don't regularly watch The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. I only sometimes see clips of real time with Bill Maher. Sometimes I'll see clips of Trevor Noah, but for the most part, not really. So it was surprising to me to hear that Trevor Noah had slammed Joe Biden after being snubbed by Saudi Arabia, saying, quote, it would have never happened to Donald Trump. Now, he's not giving Trump that much credit saying a guy would take his phone call. But it's surprising because these liberal types wouldn't even give Donald Trump one good day. Bill Maher comes out and says, it's a question worth asking why Vladimir Putin did not invade Ukraine under Donald Trump. And Bill Maher had Trump derangement syndrome. What's happening with these prominent liberal comedian types to actually maybe give Trump a little bit of credit? Well, I think it's fair to say that Joe Biden has completely and utterly failed the United States on every front. Inflation is through the roof, record highs. Gas prices, record highs. I mean, we've got escalating war in Europe. How about this one? COVID deaths in 2021 were worse. They were higher than in 2020. And in 2021, Joe Biden had the tools to deal with it, but he didn't. Donald Trump pushed Operation Warp Speed, making this, uh, or I should say, speed uh, rushing through the production of this vaccine to a certain degree. And this tool was heralded by the left, given to Joe Biden, and still more cases, more deaths. 
It's because Joe Biden is a failure. Trevor Noah even mocks him for going to bed early. The story about Saudi Arabia is particularly disturbing because it leads it leads us to another more disturbing story. And this is why I start with Trevor Noah. Saudi Arabia reportedly snubbed Joe Biden's phone call. And now we're getting reports that they plan to sell oil in Chinese yuan with China instead of the U.S. dollar. Since I believe the Nixon administration, Saudi Arabia has been exclusively dealing in U.S. dollars. Now, they deny this, and we don't know if it will ever happen. Talks like this have happened before. But considering the report over Biden being snubbed, it stands to reason around the world, the U.S. is seen as increasingly weak, destabilizing, and unworthy of future investment, at least to a certain degree. Now, when it comes to Saudi Arabia, there's some conversation about, hey, maybe maybe we shouldn't do these, these oil sales in Chinese yuan because we do still have investments in the United States and having a strong dollar is good for us. But the times, they are a changing. And under Joe Biden's leadership, we're watching everything slowly fall apart. Right now, Russia has got people on TV threatening a nuclear strike against us because of the sanctions we've imposed against them. Russia's invaded Ukraine and the U.S. is seemingly powerless to do anything about it. They're, they're scared that Russia will start World War III. The U.S. may have been the big bully around the playground for a long time following World War II, or the collapse of the Soviet Union is, is a better way to put it. But now China and Russia are basically saying, you know what? Together, the U.S., you can do nothing to stop us. You don't want war and you're unwilling and incapable of pushing it. But I wonder if there's something else here. You know, seeing Trevor Noah and Bill Maher come out and say this stuff. I wonder if it's a cultural issue here in the United States. What cultural values is the U.S. pushing? They're not. In fact, there's two distinct cultures within the U.S. right now. They're at odds with each other, nay, in a civil war of sorts. Perhaps it's Russia and China that see that, maybe even help sow that. And now they're exploiting it to take what they want as the U.S. rips itself in half. Recently, we heard on The View calls for the arrest of Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard. Effectively, the calls for their arrest because they were like, you know, oh, they, they used, you know, Tulsi and Tucker are propagandists for Putin. And we used to arrest people for, for things like this. So they should investigate. The DOJ should get involved. Who would not seek to exploit that? I want to show you a little bit about what's going on with, uh, with, with uh, Saudi Arabia, the U.S. reserve currency, the petrodollar. All of these bad things that are happening. And just, I want to show you Trevor Noah even saying it. This is now three days ago. It really does feel like even these liberal prominent comedians are recognizing there's no defense of Joe Biden. He has completely failed us. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you would like to support our work and support our journalists. There, uh, we have mem uh, members-only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., which are available. You can check those out. And uh, just simply put, as a member, that is what directly funds all of our reporting. So if you like the reporting we do, if you like these videos, please be a member. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this video right now wherever you can. Get people to, to see it, to see what these people are saying. And I'm going to back it up with facts, data, and evidence and show you some of the current events. I think it's fair to say that Joe Biden may be the worst president we've ever had. And he has failed us completely within the span of a year. So again, smash that like button. But here's the first story. Just a little context. Trevor Noah rips Joe Biden over Saudi UAE phone snub report. Would have never happened to Donald Trump. Some interesting quotes. Look at this. He says, quote, 
I mean, look, I know it's hard to arrange those calls. You know, Riyadh is eight hours ahead. Biden is asleep by 4 p.m. It's a narrow window to make it work. But still, that must have been really embarrassing for Biden. Can you imagine? He phones them and they don't pick up. Wow. He, can, he goes on. Now, according to the White House, that story is totally untrue. They deny it, which I would too. But either way, man, there is no denying that Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball with Joe Biden. And you know what? You can say what you want, but this would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. Then we've got the war. How about that? Bill Maher says it's worth asking why Putin invaded Ukraine under Biden and not Trump. The reason why I start with the Trevor Noah story is because of this report. Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. Talks between Riyadh and Beijing have accelerated as the Saudi unhappiness grows with Washington. I wonder why Saudi Arabia didn't pick up the phone for Joe Biden. Could it be that you've got a bizarre love triangle and everybody over in Saudi Arabia, they're like texting with China like, I don't know, your yuan sounds pretty tempting, but we're in a long-term relationship with the United States. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and and it says Joe Biden. And then you've got uh, MBS. He's holding the phone and he's like, oh no, oh no, it's Biden. What do I do? What do I do? And his friend's like, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. Like I'm talking to China right now. We're, we're negotiating behind America's back. Don't answer the phone. I know I'm exaggerating. It didn't happen just like that. It probably went to a secretary who was like, he's unavailable right now or, you know, however it played out. Truth be told, I agree with Trevor Noah and Bill Maher. There's a good question about why Russia invaded now. And when it comes to the issue of Saudi Arabia accepting Chinese uh, yuan instead of dollars, I really doubt this would have happened under Donald Trump. And this means, I hope you are paying attention. While this story may be bluster, I don't know. We also got reports that Saudi Arabia invited Xi Jinping to visit just the other day. But maybe it's not true. I think it is. If it is true, and China begins doing oil deals in Yuan, expect your prices to skyrocket higher than you've ever thought possible. U.S. dollar dominance keeps your prices down. And this is Joe Biden. Now, of course, there's probably a lot of anti-interventionist, anti-war activist libertarian types who are laughing, saying, good, you know, down with the U.S. empire and all that. I'm not here to pass moral judgment on any of these things. I'm serious here to say the fact when or if this happens, the cost of gas is going to be so high, man, 12 bucks, maybe 15 bucks. Who knows per gallon? It'll get brutal. Gas prices have come down a little bit, you know, recently. So that's good news. But we'll see how things play out as these as, as, as the war continues to escalate. Let me go through some quick stories real quick to back up my statements about Joe Biden. Take a look at this from ABC 10. I'm not here to play games with you guys. ABC 10 says, yes, there have been more COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. in 2021 than in 2020. That was Joe Biden. He was given the vaccine. Okay, you want to play a game about narratives? The vaccine works or it doesn't, right? Well, doctors recommend it. I always tell people, go talk to your doctor. Operating off of that, and that's all we need to operate off of, Joe Biden failed you. Donald Trump did not have the tool during his presidency. I mean, basically towards the end of his presidency. There were some things, remdesivir and stuff, but all just still experimental. Well, 2020 was when we had no immunity, when it was novel and things were at their worst. Yet in 2021, under Joe Biden's leadership, we had more COVID deaths. Now, I'm not a silly man. Sometimes I can be, truth be told. 
But I recognize that governorships, governors' uh, policy played a huge role in all of this too. Donald Trump was very hands-off, but Joe Biden was not. Joe Biden was very much issuing federal mandates, making orders, making demands, issue, you know, issuing demands and requests of governors and states, federal mandates, train stations, lockdowns. It didn't work. Even with this tool, he could not do anything to stop it. Now, hey, maybe Donald Trump as president would have been in a similar boat. I don't see why not. I don't know. The fact remains, Donald Trump wasn't the president. Joe Biden was. Joe Biden was given these tools and he was unable to pull it off. I'm not going to play Mandela effect. What about the reality in which Trump was president? I have no idea. I could flip a coin and say Trump does great. Trump, Trump, Trump does bad. We don't know. It didn't happen. We don't know how it would have happened. I can only say that Joe Biden failed. How about this? Forecasters see growing chance of a recession as Fed hikes rates this year to fight inflation. This story's from today. I don't even got to go back to December. A recession? Inflation is already at four decade highs, depending on how you calculate it. Gas prices are breaking records. And it's not just consumer prices. Wholesale inflation is up in the US 10% in the last month from a year earlier. As energy costs skyrocketed 33.8%. And that was before, before Biden's sanctions on Russian oil. So don't give me that BS when Joe Biden's administration comes out and they say, well, the reason the prices are going up is because Russia invaded. Shut your mouths, you liars. You have failed utterly and miserably Afghanistan. Let's talk about Afghanistan. The evacuation of Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night without informing our allies in Afghanistan. Joe Biden may be, I say maybe because Woodrow Wilson's still on the list, the worst president we have ever had. You want to complain about Trump? What do you complain about? Bad attitude, lewd and lascivious, nasty guy, mean guy, joked about body slamming a reporter. Oh, lay it on me. Say every mean thing he's ever done, and I will give you one in response. At least the economy was good. We had no new wars. There was some militarism. Not a fan. No new wars. Pulling our troops out of Syria. Pulling our troops out of Afghanistan. All good things. Joe Biden steps in, and it has been a complete disaster. I got to throw it to Trevor Noah. He's willing to come out and be like, never would have happened to Trump getting snubbed like this. And I'm like, bro, when it is so bad that even Trevor Noah and Bill Maher have no choice but to come out and be like, we've got to give some credit to Trump, you know it's bad because they would not give Trump one good day. Wholesale inflation. I'm not here to play stupid games of like every Democrat is at fault for this and Joe Biden is only to blame. No, no, there's a nuance here. Republicans like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, not a fan of those guys either. Come on. But they're not the ones with institutional or governmental power right now and they haven't been for the past four years. And even when the Republicans had power 2016, 17, they didn't do anything. I'm not a fan of the Republican Party. The reality is, I can get into the into the uh, hard details and talk about why our generals like Mark Milley screwed things up, or I can just say it's the administration. Afghanistan really was a kick in the teeth, huh? You know, you know the big problem there, and 13 soldiers, I believe, 13 soldiers lose their lives, and it shouldn't have happened. We should not have been there in the first place. We should not have been in Iraq in the first place, but we're there. I get it. I'm someone who despises growing up in an era where the U.S. involves ourselves in the Middle East, why, well, they want to surround Iran. It's so disgusting and stupid. Among other things, sure, I get it. But we send our troops there. I can fully admit 
You know, uh, Ron Paul said that if you prescribe the wrong medication, you don't just say stay on it. You say it's time to get off that medication. I agree with that. But I don't think cold turkey is the right response. I see Afghanistan and I saw what Trump was doing. And I said he's worth voting for. I didn't vote for him in 2016, 2020. You bet. You bet I did. But Joe Biden stepped in, pushed the timeline back, botched the withdrawal to, to such an absurd degree. And now you expect me to in any way get behind this man when we're watching all of the chaos unfold uh, um, before us. Wake up, man. Just I hope people realize how bad things are and everything they did. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to personally message some of my friends who voted for this. And I'm going to say, are you happy? I'm not even kidding. I'm going to be like, dude, you argued to me. You insulted Trump. 2019, Jim Cramer, the best numbers of our lives, he said. And this dude's kind of a crackpot, to be completely honest. But the economy was fantastic. Inflation was actually down. The economy was, was up. Unemployment was down. The best numbers of our lives. And then a pandemic happened. I don't blame Joe Biden for the pandemic. I do think he's a bad leader. I do think he has responsibility, just like Trump did. I don't blame Trump for the pandem pandemic. I do criticize actions that I think are bad. Well, what did Trump do? Trump said, we've got we to gotta, we gotta work through this. He gave, advi he gave advice. He sent the, um, those medical ships to, I think it was New York and LA. Did he do a perfect job? No, absolutely not. Did he say dumb things? He says a lot of dumb things, man. But Joe Biden is worse. He's absolutely worse. And even Trevor Noah is saying it right now. So, man, I got to tell you, when I had friends saying, you know, we got to stop Trump, I'm like, stop what, man? I'm seeing regular working class people for once in their lives talk about how they're moving up the economic ladder. Nah, this is what they wanted, I guess, to burn it all down. Average, average gas price rises 22% in two weeks to record $4.43. This is yesterday. Oil prices have come down a bit, to clarify. Gas prices are still insane. So what does the White House do? They, they bring in a bunch of TikTokers, fill their minds with BS, send them on their merry way to go lie to the young gener younger generation, to Gen Z. I hope these kids don't fall for it, man. Post these clips on TikTok, why don't you? They banned Timcast IRL. They don't want the kids to hear the truth, I guess. I'm being facetious somewhat. But um, maybe we should start posting these clips of TikTok. I don't know. Right now, we're learning that Saudi Arabia is considering to, to uh, take the yuan instead of the U.S. dollar. You know, we don't know entirely for sure if this will happen. It does seem like China's exploiting the Ukraine crisis to do this. They've tried doing this in the past. Over the past 10 years, we've heard many stories about Russia and China trying to get off the U.S. dollar. We knew this day may be coming. Maybe Donald Trump did. And Donald Trump said, how about what we do is we start strengthening the United States so that we don't have a hard fall if and when this happens. I was talking to some friends and they're like, what do we do? Do we buy gas now? And I'm like, you can't buy gas now. What are you going to do with it? Put in a bucket and store it? You can't do that. You can buy an electric car, I guess. And maybe that's the reason Pete Buttigieg and Biden and Saki have all been like, maybe you should have an electric car because they knew they couldn't defend Ukraine. They couldn't defend Taiwan. They couldn't defend the United States or her interests. And here we go. Your prices are going to skyrocket. It's going to be worse than you realize. With the war, with everything they're saying, oh, but Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, we don't want to do deals with them. Oh, yeah. Wait until Saudi Arabia is selling, you know, uh, oil in Yuan. Now, here's, the interesting, here's an interesting twist here. We have this from Esra, uh, Essa Nahari. He is a journalist for India Arabia, says... 
According to Independent Arabia, Saudi sources denied the Wall Street Journal report about accepting yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. I don't necessarily believe it. Saudi Arabia invited China's Xi Jinping to visit March 14th. I mean, that's the gist of the story here, right? It looks like it's all happening, and it's happening under Joe Biden's watch. The Washington Examiner says Russia to pay off foreign debt in Chinese yuan. Breaking news from yesterday, Russian officials claim the country can pay off their foreign currency debt, but will do so using the Chinese yuan. The decision to use the Chinese currency arose after Western sanctions blocked Moscow's ability to make bank transactions crashing the economy. Let's go back to Bill Maher's point. Why was there no invasion under Donald Trump? Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let, let, me, let me see. Where do, do I have the story here? I had a video pulled up. Maybe I, maybe I don't have it in the immediate. But uh, there's a funny story that um, Donald Trump was on the phone. And he was talking about, he says, I, I was friends with him, you know, but I told Vladimir, I said, I'll hit, I'll hit Moscow. You know, I'll nuke Moscow. And, and he believed me a little bit, maybe only 5%, but it's enough. It really is. It's kind of a scary thought, to be completely honest, that, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, we do, we do have it right here. I, do, I didn't pull it up. I say, Vladimir, if you do it, we're hitting Moscow. It's, a, it's a really a quite amazing video, to be honest. He says, they're afraid of him. You know, he was a friend of mine. I got a long, uh, I said, Vladimir, if you do it, we're hitting Moscow. I said, we're going to hit Moscow. And he sort of believed in, believe me, in like 5, 10%. He never did it during my time, John, you know? Yeah, I do. He told the same thing to Xi Jinping reportedly. Donald Trump may have been a madman. I mean, take a look at this from The Guardian. Trump is creating a nuclear threat worse than the Cold War. 23 October 2018. Was he? I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of the lies, the manipulations. I don't know what we do right now. I mean, what do you impeach Joe Biden? I, I, I Actually, I'm going to say yes, Joe Biden should be impeached over his um, illicit dealings in Ukraine, potentially illegal dealings with his son. They're now being sanctioned, by the way, Hunter Biden is in Joe Biden. But I think that they should, uh, uh, I think Joe Biden should be impeached. But let's go back to 2018. Ditching the treaty with Russia, the U.S. president risks an arms race with multiple nuclear powers, blah, blah, blah. The START Treaty, that's what it's called. It was the denuclearization treaty. It wasn't being followed by anybody but us, basically. I mean, some countries, sometimes, but for the most part, not really. So Trump, like he always does, says it's a bad deal. You're not following through. He wanted America to actually, you know, pound its chest and tell people, listen, we have a deal or not. For all his faults, I know it. But Trump was creating a nuclear threat. Vladimir Putin didn't invade Ukraine under Trump. He did under Joe Biden. And now we have the actual incessant nuclear threat. Take a look at this wild Kremlin TV host threaten the U.S. with nuclear strikes unless sanctions end and reparations are paid. Russian state media has shut down last week's minor dissent and now demands an end to sanctions and even reparations for affected Russians or else. I mean, the story headline here is a little bit absurd. The guy didn't literally say, I, we will nuke you. He said, someone needs to tell them, unless you give us back our money, we will give you either a tactical or strategic you choose, which is a reference to a nuclear strike. So it's effectively threatening the U.S. with nuclear strikes, but saber rattling. To put, it, to put it bluntly, I suppose. But still, you want to talk about a nuclear threat? The UN Secretary General is warning about a nuclear threat. We've got the US, we've got reports now coming out. US officials are worried that there will be a war directly between the US and Russia. 
didn't happen under Donald Trump. And they said, it's because he's a Russian asset. No, it's because they wanted war. They wanted war the whole time. And we know it because when Hillary Clinton was on that debate stage, she said she wanted a no-fly zone over Syria, to which she had already been warned by our generals that if you institute a no-fly zone over Syria, you are declaring war on Russia. And she said she didn't care. She wanted it anyway. Wanted it anyway. It's why one of the reasons she lost in 2016, because she was a psychopath. I'm sorry, because she is a psychopath. She lost. Donald Trump won. But you know what? Come 2020, they took away movies, they took away sports, they took away entertainment, they wouldn't let you leave your home, and they said, if you want it to end, go out and vote for Joe Biden. And I remember watching a video of my friend filming himself as he carries his mail-in ballot to a mailbox saying, I'm doing my part, are you doing yours? Am I doing my part? I certainly was, voting for Donald Trump, a guy who's kind of a nasty dude in a lot of ways, but certainly did a much better job. You see, the funny thing is, I'm a bit of a skeptic, right? If you come out and you tell me there are biolabs in Ukraine, I'm going to be like, prove it. And so when I saw the story initially, I said, I don't buy it. You know, they were saying like Russia's hitting biolabs. Maybe that's what they're doing it for. And I was like, eh, I don't know about all that. You got to prove it. It was denied. Fact checkers deny, 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 deny. Well, now the U.S. admits it. There are biolabs in Ukraine. They were all shut down. The U.S. was providing some assistance. To what degree, we don't know. Was it weapons? We have no evidence of that. So I wait for the evidence before I make these decisions. I saw Donald Trump in 2016 and Hillary Clinton. I can tell you what I know and what I didn't know. I didn't know what Donald Trump would have done for this country. I knew that he was kind of a, he was a funny guy. I knew that he was kind of brazen and egotistical, arrogant. I don't have any evidence of any of his dealings or workings. I wasn't convinced that being a business person meant you could actually make a government work properly. I can tell you what I do know. Hillary Clinton is a psychopath. The Clinton Foundation operating while she's Secretary of State, taking in donations from countries like Saudi Arabia and Ukraine. Get out of here. I'm not voting for that. The, the, the Obama administration blown up kids. The National Defense Authorization Act's indefinite detention provision. I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote for that Secretary of State to be president. You are psychotic to think I would ever do that. But Donald Trump, I just look at the guy and I'm like, not interested. And uh, maybe I was wrong, but he won. And then something interesting happened. Throughout the next several years, things genuinely, genuinely got better. War was de-escalating in, in, in Ukraine. ISIS was being flattened. Trump took out their leader. Wow. The economy was doing better than ever. Trump was pulling our troops out of the Middle East. And I was like, this is amazing. Gas prices were down. Inflation was down. I mean, I, I said it already. Things were getting better. And then the media played their game. And then these, these people who have no business in politics... You know what I mean? Is no business, literally. Like they don't do anything related to politics. They don't talk about it. They don't research it. Just one day said, politics is pop culture. So they go out and vote for Joe Biden. They did. I watched him do it. I'm not referring to any crazy theories or conspiracies. I'm saying quite literally, I know people who've never voted in their lives, who couldn't tell you left from right in the political world, who don't know what Ruth Bader Ginsburg is. They'd be like, what's that mean? Is that a vegetable? You'd be like, Ruth is the name. Oh, it's a woman. Who is she? They wouldn't know. You couldn't tell. You Clarence Thomas would be like, I don't know who that is. You ask them, name a single Supreme Court justice, and they'd be like, oh. But they voted. They went out. And it was almost symbolic. It was, it was, it was as if each and every one of those mail-in ballots I watched them fill out was a Molotov cocktail at the core of this country, and they don't care. One of these guys I know, he left the country right after Biden got elected. It's going to be better somewhere else. America sucks.
What? You don't leave when Trump gets elected? Y'all are complaining, I'm going to move to Canada if Trump gets elected, and then you don't? And then Biden comes in? This dude has the nerve to jump the country? They leave us holding the bag. You know, I'm thinking about all this when I'm watching these clips of Trevor Noah and, and, and Bill Maher and a bunch of other people, too, who have come around. I mean, it was, it was fascinating. We had Kim Iverson, right? She was a progressive. Still kind of is. And she's a host on The Hills Rising. Great personality, by the way. You should definitely check out Kim's YouTube channel, Kim Iverson. It's um, KimIverson.com. I'm a big, big fan because she's a, a reasonable person who looks for evidence and has opinions based on what she sees. And she announced she's voting straight ticket Republican this time around. She said it was because of the mandates, because the Democrats were locking people down, because it was destroying our economy, it was destroying lives, and it was for what? Trevor Noah comes out with another clip. Kyrie Irving, not vaccinated. Well, in New York City, they've gotten rid of the vaccine mandates for going into buildings as a customer. So he can't play basketball, though, because if you work for the city or something like that, there's, there's still mandates for city employees. So he bought a ticket and went and sat and watched the game as a fan, got up and gave hugs to all the players after they won. And he says, look, I don't care if you're the most COVID compliant. This doesn't make sense. I'm like, wow. Even Trevor Noah is waking up to the psychotic behavior that's happening all around us. Stop being sheep, man. I wonder what's going to happen in 2022. I mean, when I say 2022, I mean the election. I know it's 2022, but it's like it's a reference to the actual election that takes place in the year. What's going to happen in November? Will Republicans sweep? I don't even know if it matters because most Republicans are trash. There's only a small handful that do a good job. They're smeared in the media all day, every day. Will this country collapse? I don't know. I think Joe Biden may preside over the end of the uh, of American global dominance. Not necessarily a bad thing for a lot of reasons, for a lot of moral reasons. It'll be bad for all of us. I hope you've prepared. Got your skills sharpened. Get some chickens and grow a garden. But uh, genuinely, I fear what's going to happen under this president. And I always have. Many people did. I didn't think he could win because he was, so he was so incompetent. But people really did hate Trump. You know, a lot of people don't want to believe that Trump genuinely lost. But yo, it's not so much that, you know, if, if you took Trump and Biden, put him in a room and then said, go vote. I'm sure Trump would have won in 2020. But with mail-in voting, with COVID, with a lot of these factors, with, with what do they call it, voting in the park, whatever, in Wisconsin, Democrats and Republicans hated the guy and the votes came in. I just think it's so, I think it's so absurd to argue that there was like all these fraudulent votes. I'm just like, dude, I've covered the reports of questionable ballots and all that stuff. And never did I come across an amount that would have warranted this conversation about Trump losing. It was by millions of votes. I mean, listen, listen, listen. Trump lost to Biden by millions. You want to argue that there was fraud or whatever. It's like Bill Barr said there was some, but millions? No, no, no. I'll tell you what happened. What happened is Democrats got ground game. What happens is Democrats and Republicans passed laws like universal mail-in voting in Pennsylvania, which was recently ruled unconstitutional. That's what happened. People had their livelihoods taken from them. They were told Trump was to blame. They were told if you want this all to change, you need to elect a leader like Joe Biden who's now gone and burned this country to the ground. So maybe this is the end, huh? Something new will emerge from the ashes, some civil war, who knows? Or maybe 2022, November election, enough populist America-loving Republicans win to hold things at bay, keep us afloat for a little bit. If the incumbent Republicans win, we're doomed. 
2024, Trump is running for office. We know he is. Come on. He wins again. And then we see a new American resurgence. Maybe that can be what happens. So maybe it's not to be pessimistic, but to, it is to feel the righteous indignation. What could have been if Donald Trump was president? I don't think we would be in war. I know we're not formally in war, but I'm, we're at war with, with Russia. It's not kinetic. It's something else. It's getting bad. I mean, we're, we're issuing sanctions. There's information war. There's hacking. I don't think we'd be here with Trump because Trump was a bit unpredictable and worried people. I mean, he worried me. I don't like the idea of threatening countries with nukes, but man, if it stops war, it's kind of scary, huh? That's what it would have taken. The economy would be doing better. People would be living better lives. Things would be calmer. That was taken from us by these people who went out and voted, you know, for Joe Biden. But maybe these people will wake up with even Trevor Noah coming out and saying, like, Joe Biden's in bed by 4 p.m. Oh, you know it. Please come out and say, don't vote for this man again. Well, here's what I'm worried about. Trevor Noah, his, his fleeting lucidity returning to him. What's going to happen in 2024? He's going to turn around like, uh, you know, do a 180 on a dime and be like, everybody vote for Kamala. I don't think it'll be Joe Biden. We'll see. Maybe Joe Biden's failures will be so profound that even Democrats primary him. He doesn't run for re-election. Maybe. Maybe. I have a feeling what we're going to see, especially with us at uh, TimCast IRL, is that at some point this year, probably in a few months, we're going to start getting hit, hit up by moderate Republicans who want to come on the show. And they're going to say things like, we agree with you on wokeness. We agree with you on, you know, all of these issues around cops and stuff like that. Let me go and give the case for like revitalizing the Democratic Party and getting rid of this like insurgent element and stuff. And we're going to have those conversations. They're going to do that because they're desperate to retain power and they know that's where the American people are. I'm more than happy to entertain any of those conversations. But I'll tell you this. I don't even know if I'm voting Republican. I'll tell you what I'm going to be paying attention to. Primary elections. I've, I've been getting the flyers in the mail from our local congressman and stuff, and I'll see what he's about. Seems like my guy is actually pretty, you know, MAGA, right? And so I can respect that. Maybe he's doing it just because he sees that's what his county wants. Maybe that's the right thing he should do for him to do. Maybe he genu genuinely agrees with these things and feels these way and, and believes in, you know, the right stuff. He says he voted against the uh, uh, non-infrastructure trillion dollar package. I like it, you know? I like reps like Thomas Massey. I criticized Massey before. I was like, we're in a crisis. We should probably just pass the relief bill and try and stay afloat. I look back on things now and I'm like, maybe this country needs a hard fall because these people think they can just steal your money, steal the money of your kids and from your, and your tax dollars through inflation and printing of money. Maybe we just need a hard wake up call. I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm not going to pretend to be a leader. Uh, in terms of politics, I can certainly be someone who reads the news and has opinions. Maybe some people, you know, follow that and agree with it. I know for the most part, we're an interesting community. You guys criticize me and comment all the time and correct me because it's a different, it's different, you know, how it works today. I can tell you this, Joe Biden is not a leader. He's a failure. He's an abject failure. And I'm just so tired of reading the news every day about everything his administration is screwing up or how they're lying to us about everything. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The U.N. Secretary General has warned that nuclear war is within the realm of possibility. 
Biden advisor says that despite Putin's threats, the U.S. has not adjusted our nuclear posture. My friends, the warning is clear. We've all heard about the threat against these nuclear reactors. And now the U.N. Secretary General is warning nuclear weapons may rain down upon us. We have no choice. We've got to send weapons and personnel. We have to we have to enter Ukraine and get involved in a ground war in Eastern Europe up against Russia. I'll tell you this. I don't know if I should be telling you this, but I have a source who told me Vladimir Putin has weapons of mass destruction. Now, as far as I can tell, that's cause to go invade foreign country. We won't do it, of course, because we actually do fear weapons of mass destruction, which I find so interesting because right now you've got all these sources talking about the real possibility of nuclear war. I think it's exaggerated. I think it's possible. There's certainly been many people who have told me it won't happen. Nuclear war can't happen. You know, mutually assured destruction. And I'm like, I think that's silly. Like the idea that Vladimir Putin is going to be like, we are losing war, quick, nuke New York. It's like, why, why would they do that? You know, they, they might use nukes on like select military targets to try and win a war. But I don't think they would arbitrarily just start bombing major, you know, civilian population centers. Although truth be told, if the war does escalate to a certain point, I totally understand where that does come in. Right now, we would, we, I, I would say this, we're nowhere near the idea of mutually assured destruction. But we keep hearing about its possibility and we keep hearing, you know, people as trying to entertain this idea that, you know, Russia, oh no, now they're bombing close to NATO territory. I'm going to tell you this, all right? They want war. They do. They knew the invasion was coming. I didn't believe them. I didn't because I thought they wanted war. I'm like, you know, I was right about that. Now think about this. If NATO knew the invasion was coming, couldn't they have taken actions beforehand to secure certain areas of, of, of Ukraine, to provide weapons, resources, or personnel, and thus make the actions of Putin the actions that would cross the line. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. What I will say is you've got a real possibility of, of nuclear war, in my opinion. But nuclear war is not going to be like in a movie. It's not going to be a bunch of ICBMs flying through the air and crossing paths in outer space or in the stratosphere or whatever. It's going to be right now, nuclear war will begin in a more realistic approach, and that is likely nuclear artillery, tactical usage. You're going to see um, maybe gravity bombs over military targets, nuclear weapons being used on a, of a lower yield in an effort to wipe out airports or military deep, uh, you know, weapons depots and, and, and things like that. You're not going to see Russia launch an ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile from Russia, and then target the United States or anything like that. That would be insane. Although, there is the theory that Vladimir Putin is dying. And there are some photos I've seen of the guy, and he does not look that well. I mean, seriously, he, 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 does, he does look like something's wrong. I don't know, though. I don't know for sure. What I can say is be wary of fear-mongering. I don't know exactly what will happen. I do know that Estonia now is the first NATO country to call for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which is a NATO country effectively calling for war on Russia. Because Russian fighters are flying over Ukraine right now. The videos are kind of crazy, man. I'm, I think I was watching fighters over Donetsk. I'm not sure. Um, and we also have bipartisan support for transferring MiG fighter jets to the Ukrainians. You have politicians in the U.S. You know, Lindsey Graham, I think it was Graham. Oh, someone was saying like, oh, it won't be World War III. Just give the weapons to the Ukrainians. And I'm like, Vladimir Putin is warning that anybody who intervenes will be attacked. And if we start delivering weapons, 
we will be subject to attack. So you know what? There's, there's, a, there's the big question of whether or not they're trying to scare us into a, a potential World War III, either to deter us from going to war, and then here's the challenge, or to encourage us. Because that's also a possibility. You come out and you say, Putin's got nukes and he'll use them. We got to stop him now. Or they say, Putin's got nukes and he'll use them. We better not go anywhere near it. I don't know for sure. I really, really don't. Sorry, I can't give you the answers. You have to figure that one out for yourself. What I can tell you is they're lying to you. Oh, and you're going to love this one. You know how when you uh, talk about buying emergency food, people laugh? Not everybody, no, truth be told. Uh, so I, I will shout out safeandreadymeals.com, which I will in a minute, to be, to be completely honest. But And I'll tell you why. Typically, when there's some good reason or uh, something happening in the news, I think there's a potential disaster. I like to give a shout out to emergency food supplies, mostly because I think you should have some. But what happens when, when you know, certain people, so, uh, you know, like Seamus, I believe Seamus from Freedom Tunes, he has a, 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 a similar link. And there's a bunch of other creators who do shout outs for these emergency food supplies over at safeandreadymeals.com. And what we see from the left is mockery. Let me show you this. Daily Mail, potassium iodide tablets sell out in U.S. over fears of nuclear war with Russia with $14 packets now selling for $149 on eBay. Truth be told, I bought potassium iodide a long time ago. Back when uh, I was in I was in Los Angeles when the uh, Fukushima disaster happened and within hours potassium iodide had sold out everywhere. Here's what I find fascinating. We did not have a nuclear reactor explosion. We did have news about it. We do not have nuclear war, but we do have news about it. So it's really fascinating to me that when you would you would say something or I would say something about maybe you should have some emergency food supplies. The average person, well, the average person probably says nothing. But you have that contingent of people mocking the idea. What are you, a prepper? What are you going to do, 30-year beans? I actually have a lot of 30-year beans. This is what I find fascinating, though. Something happens behind the scenes. People don't want you to know. How many of your friends will admit to rushing out to the store to buy potassium iodide tablets? I mean, honestly, what do you think? I don't know. Maybe you live in an area where most people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I do. I definitely bought some. Potassium iodide is it's basically an iodine supplement when uh, a radioactive iodine. I think what is it? Iodine 131. I'm not sure when there's like a nuclear reactor explosion. There's a there's a couple different particles. Um, iodine, radioactive iodine is uh, light, which means it can travel very far through the air or on water. And when it gets to you, it goes into your thyroid and causes mutations and damage. If you take a potassium iodide tablet, your body supplements all the iodine you need and rejects the radioactive version that's coming in. You can only take so much because you don't want to take too much, but that's basically the idea here. Let me do this. Legit shout out to safeandreadymeals.com. You know, and, and this is what I thought about. Safe and Ready Meals, this is a promo spot. When you buy this, you help support the show. I've been doing uh, shout outs for them a little bit more than usual because of the conflict. But I remember seeing these leftists mock the idea that I was telling people to please have some emergency supplies. You want water, you want a first aid kit, you want a survival guide, you want a flashlight, you want a bug out kit, rain matches, and you want some food. Why? You know, these people who live in cities, they believe that nothing bad could ever happen. And that's the craziest thing to me. There are floods. I remember I was in New York when it flooded. Like, wouldn't you like to have some emergency supplies in the event that the streets are flooded and the power's out for a couple of weeks? Granted, New York very quickly recovered everything. But this is the kind of stuff, this is a 25-year shelf life emergency food 
over at safeandreadymeals.com and you put it in your closet and you forget about it. And I, again, will absolutely add to that. You know, pick up a flashlight, get, get some rope. No, seriously, you never know. You might need to tow something. You might, rope's good. And the idea is you never use it. You don't. They're called emergency supplies for a reason. In the event there's a real disaster, you're supposed to resist at all costs using this stuff. So if there is like an actual nuclear conflict or whatever, you don't touch it until you're actually starving and you have no choice. In the meantime, you're trying to figure out other ways to secure food and never tap into your emergency reserves. But it's there for you. Here's what I find fascinating. When push comes to shove, behind the scenes, people, they may mock you. They may laugh at you and say, why are you buying emergency beans? <laughs> and then as soon as you're not looking, they run to the store and they buy potassium iodide. Let me tell you something. The likelihood you're going to need to buy potassium iodide, slim to none. Yet this sells out. It makes you think a little bit. And when I saw that, I was just like, man, many of these same people, I was in Los Angeles when Fukushima happened. These are city urban liberal types in Los Angeles. And potassium iodide had been sold out everywhere. Because when the news actually hits, oh, they're not going to say anything. They're just going to be like, quick, go get it. We need it. It should be, for, we need it for us. Take a look at this. Americans are panic buying potassium iodide tablets over fears of a possible nuclear war with Russia, despite warnings from the CDC that taking too many of the anti-radiation pills can be deadly. Let me tell you something. So there's uh, a couple different heavy particles to worry about. Uh, this was particularly with Fukushima. It was uh, iodine cesium and mox plutonium. These are part particulates that get up in the air uh, and, they're, and they're radioactive particulates. So they emit, um, they're alpha and beta particles. When you wear a radiation suit, what this radiation suit does is it does not stop gamma wave radiation from entering your body. It stops particles from getting on your skin or in your mouth and nose. I went to Fukushima Maybe I'll come to regret that in 20 years or so when my thyroid explodes or something. But I went there and they gave us hazmat suits. They're basically, they were, they were cloth suits with gloves. And uh, you wear goggles and stuff and, and, and masks. So when the radioactive particles land on you, you take it all off in a proper fashion in a decontamination zone. It's a little building and they, they come up to you and they help you take it off because you don't want to touch it. You take it, it's, what is it called? Doffing. You take it off in a way that the suit is folded inside out, balled up and thrown in the trash. That keeps particles off you. Mostly out there, there's a, there's a, there's heavier particles like cesium or mox plutonium are on the ground. And I think, uh, I think mox plutonium sinks and the cesium I think might float on the surface of the water. I'm not sure, but the iodine travels in the air. That's why you would buy this. So I would like to, to, to let you all know, me personally, I got a lot of potassium iodide. Absolutely. But we have a lot of emergency supplies. We have rope. We have grappling hooks. We have emergency fuel generator. We have emergency solar batteries. It's because I live in the middle of nowhere, relatively. I mean, we're like 50 miles outside of DC, but we're on top of a mountain. And uh, if, if there was a major disaster or a power outage, we need to make sure that we're going to be able to take care of up to 30 people who, who work in and out, who come in and out of this building, and we can operate the business. Most of the utilities we have in this house, like our water pumps, can be operated with our emergency backup solar batteries. It's awesome stuff. And at uh, Freedomistan, our new, our new headquarters, we're actually getting, you know, panels installed. So we're going we're gonna to be able to generate, you know, all, all around uh, power. Right now, the emergency solar batteries, you got to put them outside and all that stuff. Potassium iodide will help you if there's radioactive iodine in the atmosphere, that's, that's about it. 
if there was a nuclear war, I mean, I guess it's better to have than nothing. But people buying this shows, they don't care if they need it. They don't care if it makes sense. You're just better off having it. And that's true, too. So to all those people who like to mock the idea of prepping preppers, as soon as they get the slightest scare, they run full speed to the store and they buy all of it up. Cool. You go ahead and make fun of me because I bought emergency food, you know, a year ago, back when it was way cheaper, too, because inflation is also an issue. I'm going to sit back with my friends and be like, we're good. We, we, you know, we took care of this a while ago. We don't got to worry about a tenfold price increase. Take a look at this. It's prompted a surge in demand for the pills, which can counteract the effects of radiation poisoning. That is not true. Manufacturer Iosad is sold out of the $14 packs of the pills, which identical tablets are now at $149 on eBay. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll take the massive amount of these pills that I bought when they were like being sold for nothing. They do not reverse the effects of radiation poisoning. They prevent radioactive iodine from getting in your thyroid. I'll tell you this. I'm not a doctor. Fact check me on that one. But I certainly believe that's wrong. Whole food stores were forced to erect signs warning people that taking too many of the pills was dangerous. That's right. You can only take it for a little bit. They say radioactive iodine is known to harm the thyroid an endocrine gland in the neck that produces hormones that regulate the body. Once it's released into the atmosphere, it can be breathed into the lungs and contaminate local water, soil, plants, and animals, according to the CDC. Look at this, Whole Foods. Extremely high dosage uh, milligram amounts of potassium iodide are unacceptable in dietary supplements at Whole Foods market, since such products are FDA-approved drugs that should only be taken under the guidance of a healthcare practitioner. I'll let you in another secret, my friends. There's something else you can do. Eat table salt. I'm not kidding. Table salt has iodine in it. The point of potassium iodide is you're just supplementing it to make sure your body is maxed out. So when people rush to the store buying it, they think it's some kind of like, look at this, potassium iodide. You got yours, doomsday preppers of South Carolina. Well, they posted on the 28th. Good for them, I suppose. Look at <laughs> Sorry. The Daily Mail just posted a stock photo of a mushroom, a flaming mushroom cloud. Great. Russia's invasion of... Uh, Ukraine, okay, has continued to stoke fears of a radioactive fallout following an attack on one of Kiev's nuclear plants or even a nuclear bomb. Absolutely incredible. If radi expo radiation exposure were to happen, the thyroid gland would not be able to notice the difference between radioiodine and regular iodine and will absorb both with too much exposure leading to a cause of thyroid cancer. Absolutely. But when it's used as directed, potassium iodide can quickly saturate the thyroid, successfully preventing it from absorbing radioactive iodine. There you go. CNN has reported the manufacturers of potassium iodine in the U.S. have recorded, uh, recorded rapidly depleted inventories recently in light of Russia's invasion since the 24th. Meanwhile, prices for tablets have been gouged to meet growing demand. On eBay, four boxes were listed at 150 bucks. Oh, okay, so it's not a tenfold increase. There you go. Another listing of 130 milligram pills at $89 each. Jeez, man. The agency added that taking more of the recommended dose does not offer more protection and can actually cause severe illness or death. Yo, there's no cure for radiation poisoning. There's nothing. I mean, well, that's technically not true. But for the most part is serious radiation damage. It's like ripping apart your DNA. Your body then starts replicating incorrectly and you start dying, depending on how severe the radiation poisoning is. This is like to prevent thyroid cancer later on in life. So I went to I went to Fukushima. And uh, what I was told, because, man, how old were we at the time? What was this like six, seven years ago? It was like late 20s. I was told it was actually a really bad idea. They said, what you got to under, first of all, you'll probably be safe. 
you're going to be, the ground radiation was 200 times background. They said, what will happen is, if you breathe in the radioactive iodine particles, it'll get in your thyroid, and it will cause damage to your DNA, and it'll cause errors in cellular replication. If the damage is too great, your body can't get rid of the damaged cells, then within, you know, 15 or 20 years, you might get thyroid cancer. The older people who are with us, they said, they're probably fine. The older you are, the less likely you are to suffer serious effects from this kind, this you know, kind of radiation, even at certain you know, high levels. Now, of course, if you go into the reactor plant, and you're blasted by waves of gamma radiation, you're going to die within hours or within a few days. Or if you're poisoned with, say, like polonium, yeah, your, your days are numbered. I will say this, though. The woman who brought us into Fukushima, man, rest in peace. Yeah, seriously, she was an awesome, she was an awesome woman. She, she was a, a friend of a friend. She uh, showed us around. We, I, I sang, uh, um, we did a duet at a karaoke bar and she passed away from cancer. So I, I remember getting an email a few years ago. Sad story. It was an awesome trip. Um, I went there with Luke of We Are Change, Luke Rutkowski. And uh, we had a, we had a, it was, it was, an, it was a really interesting ch- trip to see the damage from all, from the, from the fallout. And I can't say that I'm surprised. When we went in there with our suits on, she wasn't as worried about it. And she said she was old and the older people aren't as much at risk, but that they just weren't as concerned. But she went in there a lot and she ended up getting cancer and dying. It may not have been related, truth be told. Seriously, it may not have been related. She was just, you know, a bit older. But sad stories, man. It's dangerous stuff. You got to take it seriously. Hopefully, um, I don't end up paying a price for going out there. And well, Luke and I are about the same age. After we got back, we, we got uh, scans of our thyroids as part of the trip. And, you know, we were told it wouldn't really matter because we just went there and left. You're not going to see any damage to your thyroid. But maybe it's time you go, go get a checkup or anything. Truth be told, I feel completely fine. I'm not suffering any ill effects, so I have no uh, symptoms of any kind of issues. But uh, it's possible that I could be 60 years old and then finally see something happen. And that's the reality of going into a place like that. Right now, there's reporting that there's a, a Fox News reporter who has been seriously injured. And um, scary, man. I, I hope, uh, uh, I hope they're, they're, they're going to be okay. Actually, let, let me pull this up. Fox News correspondent Benjamin Hall seriously injured. We don't know too much about what's going on, but man, I hope he's okay. I hope uh, seriously injured. So not critically, but seriously may mean, may mean like long-lasting effects. People got to understand when you want to go out there and get that information, you want to be on the ground. Some people are willing to risk their lives to make that happen. When I was younger, I thought about the various roles that tribal humans had and what people like to do. And there are some people who are warriors. You know, they get ripped. They want to go out. They want to fight. They, 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 they want to challenge. They want to stand up for what they believe in. Some people were scouts. They wanted to explore and discover and share that knowledge. And I always, I always loved the idea of going on an adventure. And I was like, I'm not the kind of guy who wants to take a, pick up a, a spear and a shield and then like, you know, fight the bear off. I'm the kind of guy who, want, who, want, who wants to get on the horse and ride out into the wilderness and then report back what I see, make sure everyone's got accurate information so we can move quickly and st- strategically and things like that. And I think about the risks that come along with it, going out into the wilderness, into the, into the wild, risking your life to make sure that people can know what's happening. And that's what we get here. For me and, and Luke... We wanted to, to tell people what had happened. You know, they, they had just started in Fukushima clear, uh, uh, re, re, bringing people back into the red zone. So they were like reclaiming certain parts of uh, Fukushima. And I was like, we should go in there. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was close to the anniversary. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't close to the anniversary. I was like, but we should go in there and, and talk to people and see what the damage that happened. And, you know, explore this. 
And there's a risk. And we knew it. I've been on the ground in conflict. I was in Ukraine several years ago. This is the price you pay when you want to be on the ground and get out accurate information. And it's sad, really, because we look at the mainstream press and they're not journalists. They sit in offices in New York and they lie to you all day, every day. They regurgitate lies. They facilitate lies. And then you have people like Benjamin Hall who actually go out on the ground to report what's happening and get seriously injured. So to, the, to everybody who's out there reporting, doing, you know, trying to get that information out, stay safe, everybody. I really do hope that it doesn't come to nuclear war. But I'll just I'll let you guys know. Maybe it's a good idea to have emergency supplies. Uh, I should say definitely it's a good idea to have any kind of emergency supply. But maybe it's a good idea to have some potassium iodide if you can get it. Just know what you're doing. Don't just buy these pills because other people bought them. That's why I'm like, emergency food is simple, man. You crack up in a bag, you pour some water, you heat it up, you got food. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes there's tornadoes. You need to eat. But I just, the, the one thing that really got to me with this when I was reading the story is how they'll laugh at you to your face and then as soon as you, you feel stupid, as soon as you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't buy this stuff, they jump in their car, drive full speed to the Whole Foods to buy up all the potassium iodide. But you, you're crazy. You think, you, you, you realize what this is, right? They're laughing at you because, well, for much of these people, they're, they're a mob. They're a cult. It's just whatever the mob says, we're all going to go along with. But many of these people are laughing at you, hoping that you don't go out and buy it so they can get your share. You got two packs left and they see you. They're going to make fun of you. What are you, crazy prepper? You don't need to buy that. And you go, yeah, okay, I guess. Then they run full speed to the store and they buy it up. Humans, man. Humans. Anybody telling you not to have emergency supplies or be prepared for the worst is setting up for failure. Those who do not plan, what, what, what is the saying? You know, failure to plan is planning for failure. There you go. I don't think nuclear war is going to happen. It's possible. I didn't think the invasion was going to happen. It happened. Maybe Vladimir Putin is on his deathbed and he says, I will not allow this. And he says, fire the nukes. It is better that, you know, what if he thinks a nuclear wasteland is better than whatever it is the U.S. is doing? We don't know. They've got those weapons of mass destruction. Take care of yourself, your friends, and your family. If you're going to spend, I mean, look, the, the emergency food stuff can go for anywhere from like 100 to like 700 bucks, depending on how big of a supply you're getting. And if it's something you buy one time and put in your closet and forget about, and that's it, it's an investment in your life. Potassium iodide, much the same. Don't freak out and panic by any of this stuff. But if you buy it one time, put it in your cabinet and forget about it, are you better off? Yes. The same is true for having some alcohol swab, some hydrogen peroxide, some mouthwash, a grappling hook. When are you ever going to use a grappling hook? I know, right? Almost never. Until you actually need to not scale the wall, but hitch a rope to a log so that you can pull out of your driveway. Let's say you live in a rural area. Let's say you're driving through a rural area and a tree falls down and you got a vehicle that could probably pull that log, but you need rope. Do you even have, uh, you know, you probably don't have a winch. Do you have, uh, uh, you know, something to hook onto your frame? You never know. But here's, here's, the, here's the main point. How much that rope could have cost you? 20 bucks? And then one day you come across a log in the road and it's storming and you're like, we got to get out of here, but we can't. This tree has fallen down. And someone's like, good thing I threw rope in the trunk. You tie it to the frame, you tie it to the tree, and you try and get out of the way. Maybe your car can't handle it, but you're better off trying. Talk to experts about stuff like that, truth be told. What we did is I bought a Jeep, and we're getting a winch installed on it. Because we live out in the middle of nowhere. We've already had several trees fall that we've been unable to move. And I'm like, that's a problem. We can't get out the driveway. We, had, we You know, like, what do we do? Fortunately, we have urban services. 
or I shouldn't say urban, but we have like, we have services nearby. We make a phone call and within an hour, they come and they pull the tree off the driveway and we're like, that was crazy because we have the one path. I said, we better be able to do this ourselves. So we got a truck, we got rope, and now we're getting a winch installed on our, on our, on our Jeep because I'm like, we need to be able to pull this out of the way. We need to be able to pull stuff if we have to, or even help other people and pull them out of ditches. It's not just about yourself, man. Think about others. I don't know what's right for you. You figure it out. Nuclear war, maybe it's, maybe it's fear-mongering, truth be told. Decide for yourself. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Saudi Arabia is discussing with China the sale of oil in yuan and not the dollar. That's um, shocking and more important than many people probably realize I'll get into what that means probably in another segment. So in the podcast version of this, you may have already heard this. But this segment is about Joe Biden deploying teenage TikTok stars to blame soaring gas prices and inflation on Russia as U.S.'s worst cost of living crisis in 40 years tanks president's ratings ahead of the midterms. The reason why I briefly mentioned the Saudi Arabia thing is the White House has dispatched social media influencers who have no idea what they're talking about to propagandize young people into their own destruction. And that's what they've been doing for some time. Under Donald Trump, things were generally improving for the United States. And I genuinely believe if Donald Trump was still president today, the war would not be happening in Ukraine. Gas prices would be down. Unemployment would be down. And the U.S. would be growing and succeeding. And I wonder if, you know, the reason the U.S. is being gutted and torn apart is that the powerful elites have already banked on China's growth and development and authoritarianism and have made those investments. Trump was investing in America. The elites are not. I don't know if Joe Biden cares more about future investments, but I do know that he flew his son on Air Force Two to China for private equity deals. So outside of all of that, it's hard to know exactly what's happening. But I can tell you what is uh, contributing to the chaos and destruction that we see before us and it, 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 it is these vapid and ignorant social media influencers. Um, not all of them are vapid. I'm saying it's those that are willing to take on these roles of propagandizing for the White House without knowing what they're talking about and repeating government talking points that are helping contribute to the destruction of this country and everyone's suffering. It's fascinating. Joe Biden and Jen Psaki, the White House, they bring in these TikTok stars. Here's a, here's a good example. Ellie Zeiler with 10 million followers. She, she seems lovely. She seems like, seems like a nice person. Um, but she clearly does not know anything about this. I don't blame her for wanting to talk to people about what she thinks is right. In fact, I absolutely uh, respect that she was willing to have this conversation. I mean, it really is its kind of awesome. That somebody who's an influencer in culture and, and not politics is like, I think people need to know about something as important as, you know, the war, I absolutely respect what uh, Ellie is trying to do. The problem is Ellie is being exploited by the White House with false information and lies, which will only make the lives of young people worse. Ellie goes on to explain the reason that gas prices are so high. She says $7 down the street is because of, well, with the pandemic over, people are using more gas. That's a lie. I mean, it's not, it's not a lie on her part. She's being misinformed. The White House is lying about this. It is somewhat true. There's, there's some, uh, um, somewhat true. It's always good when you lie to have a morsel of truth in there. She then goes on to say that the other issue is Vladimir Putin and the war in Ukraine. 
Russia is the third largest producer of oil. It's their number one export. And because of the war, nobody wants to trade with them. And that's causing prices to go up. That is a lie. While it is true that Russia is a large producer, one of the largest, and one of their principal exports is oil, energy, fossil fuels, it is not the principal driving factor in why gas is so expensive. One of the biggest reasons that gas is so expensive is Joe Biden has taken several actions throughout his first year or so as president to hinder oil production in the United States. Now, the pandemic is an issue. I talk a lot about gas prices, um, the the complexity of what's driving the prices up speculative drive is one factor. And this is people buying up gas now because they're concerned supply will not meet demand. This causes an immediate cost crunch. That's one of the factors. Joe Biden shut down oil and gas leases over a lawsuit involving climate change disputes. That's another factor. Russia is a factor for sure. But what we're seeing here is once again, the same playbook. Get young people who don't know enough about this to manipulate other young people into voting against their own interests. Let me show you an example. We have this story that goes back. This is October 17th, 2016. And I hope this video reaches those of you who use TikTok and are, are fans of Ellie Zeiler and, and other, uh, uh, other you know, TikToker influencers so I can help you understand how they're being manipulated. What the White House is doing is taking people you know and love, people who have a, a good heart, who are like, man, like, tell me what's happening so I can help the people who follow me, and then lying to them so that they can manipulate young people into gutting their own interests. I know, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself. Take a look at this story from October 17th, 2016. Controversy brews on YouTube over endorsement of Hillary Clinton. Some of the internet's most influential YouTubers are starting to endorse Hillary Clinton, a controversial move that has riled both peers and their followers. Casey Neistat, who has nearly 5.5 million subscribers and whose channel tends to feature videos about travel and adventure, started the recent wave of endorsements in a video where he sits down in front of his camera and says simply, Hillary Clinton, I will be voting for Hillary Clinton. Instead of running on and off, uh, running on and off planes or jumping off cliffs, Neistat does nothing but sit in a darkened room and talk directly to the camera about how he usually doesn't bring politics into his channel, but this election is different. Take a look at this quote. Now, many of you who are using TikTok or young or following Ellie, maybe you were only, I mean, this is six years ago. Maybe you were 12, 10, Maybe you were 15, 16. Casey Neistat said, I avoid talking politics on this channel, on this forum, because politics are divisive. There's always two sides, Republicans and Democrats. There's left and there's right. I can have my own opinion and there will always be an opposing one. That is the nature of a healthy democracy. But this is not that. This is about a megalomaniac who is driven by nothing but ego. A man who cares exactly zero about the people of this country. A person who brags about assaulting women women, and shames others for the way they look. I'm speaking up now because this election has very little to do with politics, policy, or legislation. This election has to do with morals and principles. Neistat lays out his argument. I'm voting for Hillary Clinton because make no mistake, there is one person who can defeat him, one person who can keep him away from power, and that is her. I'm not a huge fan of her stale politics. I'm entirely aware of all the criticism against her. I'm aware of all of her failures and shortcomings, but she's intelligent. She knows what she's doing. More importantly, she's mentally sound, She's responsible and she's sane. Think about those quotes and apply them to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's stale politics are widely uh, condemned and criticized by the left. When Hillary Clinton was uh, provenly not the person who could have beaten Trump and Trump ended up winning, you can see the problem with someone like Casey Neistat, who I, I know the guy, good dude once again. But there is an issue when people who don't know about this stuff are the advocates for it. 
or at least who don't have real arguments because they don't know enough of the advocates for it, he was wrong. If you don't like Donald Trump, you can look back now and say Hillary Clinton was not the person to defeat Trump. They needed anyone else. In fact, Trump would have lost to anyone else, in my opinion. Hillary Clinton was so widely despised that Trump ended up winning. But I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016, nor Hillary Clinton. And that, I, I think maybe, maybe I'm a good example, or at least my story is an example of why many people, uh, why Donald Trump won. I was absolutely unwilling to vote for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump, I don't care about. For all his faults and all his problems, I'm like, I'm not going to vote for him. What do I care? Hillary Clinton, laughable, warmonger, international elite who would sacrifice her own family for a buck. Never going to happen. Well, Casey Neistat came out and when he made these points, he was wrong. It turns out under Donald Trump, for all of his faults, of which there were many, gas prices reached serious lows. Now, to be fair, these lows were, were mostly during the pandemic when demand was very low because people weren't driving. And that plays a role. Oil producers were worried about the cost of oil going negative. They were actually paying people to take the oil from them. They slowed down production. That doesn't explain why gas hit $4 a gallon, though. What explains that is the U.S. had become close to being energy independent. I don't want to speak in absolutes. The U.S. was moderately energy independent. What I mean by that is, for the most part, we produced enough energy here at home to meet our needs. We actually began exporting oil. Imagine that. If right now we had maintained that level of production, which we didn't, and this also, it's not just Joe Biden, mind you, it is the oil companies that play a role in this. If we had maintained that, it wouldn't matter if Russia was an oil exporter. Who cares if we don't do deals with them? We are energy independent. Even Joe Biden has now called for this. But Joe Biden and the Democrats are very much opposed to fossil fuels, uh, especially the Democratic Socialists, over climate change. I'm not here to argue for or against climate change or any of that. I'm simply going to tell you the fact. If you reduce production of fossil fuel energy, gas prices, energy prices, and everything else will go up. In fact, when it comes to wind turbine, wind energy, we have to use petro-based lubricants to make sure they can spin. So we still need petrochemicals and oil for all of these other technologies. I suppose we could use animal fats and plant oils and things like that in synthetics. Well, no, I shouldn't say synth synthetics are the petrochemicals, but we could use animal-based stuff. That would probably be much more expensive and involve harvesting a lot more animals' fats for machine work, but it it's all possible. The simple fact is whether you're concerned about climate change or not, whether you want green energy or not is not the issue. I personally want more solar. I'm getting solar installed as we speak. I want more wind energy. I would love for us to reduce our dependency on fossil fuels for these reasons. The fact remains, if you reduce production for the reasons that Joe Biden is doing it, prices will go up and they are. What we're seeing now is the White House lying and exploiting people and it pisses me off. It's frustrating because first, I am not the end all be all of knowledge, the arbiter of morality and truth. I don't know. I know a bit. I read a lot and I can try and give you as close to a general understanding, general understanding of some of these issues. Now, of course, if you go to the White House, they don't want to accept blame for their ideology. If you go out and tell people the reason gas prices are going up is partly due to the fact that climate change policy causes a strain on fossil fuel supply, driving prices up, that could hurt the agenda of those who want to build more electric cars and, you know, wind power and renewables. Well, I don't want that to happen. 
I mean, I want more wind turbines. I want geothermal. I want tidal generators. You know what a tidal generator is? It's a big machine off the coast. And when the tide comes in, it spins a turbine. Electric power. It's great. We can do tons of that stuff to capture energy and generate electricity. The problem is these politicians know that regular people will probably act uh, for self-interest and say, I do want green energy, but my price of gas is too much. I'm struggling to live. How will I feed my kids? And people will choose to prioritize their families. So instead of telling you the truth, they tell you sweet lies. It's all Vladimir Putin's fault. So ultimately, what do I mean when I say against their own interests? Well, take a look at the cost of food. Meat and poultry, 13%. Cereal, 7.5. Gasoline, 40%. 38, to be, to be completely, uh, um, not, not, to, not to round up. I want to make sure I'm getting precise. Airfares, 13%. Used cars, 41. Fruit and vegetables, 7.6. I think what's really happening... What's really happening, they don't want to tell you about, is that for the past decade, China and Russia have been preparing to get off the dollar. The Biden administration knows it. The Democrats know it. The neocons, neolibs, they know it. They need to enforce war to force these other countries to remain on using the dollar. They're not going to tell Ellie Zeiler or Marcus DePaula, TikTok influencers, to be honest. They're going to try and make sure young people are confused and blame Russia. Why? If, if NATO gets involved in Ukraine and stomps out Russia, the West can once again say, we are the empire. You will use U.S. dollars or else. Now, part of me says, good. You know why? Because I like cheap stuff. I don't want to work 40 hours to buy, you know, a couple loaves of bread and a couple gallons of milk. I don't want to work 40 hours to buy wood. No, we need cheap oil. Cheap gasoline so our excavators can dig holes and build foundations so that we can construct new buildings and invent new things. Cheap oil helps us do that. How do we get cheap oil? Well, we control the, the creation of U.S. dollars. And if anybody wants to buy oil, they got to buy dollars. Right now, Russia and China are threatening that. If we can stomp them out and point the, the guns of the U.S. back at all these other countries, maybe they'll get back in line and start buying our dollars again. Now, I can recognize cheap stuff is good, but personally, principally... I'd prefer it if we just did the right thing and all worked a lot harder. I think hard times make strong men and women. And thus, many people in this country, the elites, the, the, the Bidens, their whole thing is let the world suffer if it saves me money. They knowingly accept slave labor products. And you know what the reality is? So do most Americans. Think about your t-shirts made in Indonesia. Think about your clothing made in Vietnam, your shoes. You, everything that's made in China because it's made for dirt. This is bad for us. You, we shouldn't have so much stuff. But we do because we exploit the petrodollar. That's what it's called. So what do you want? Do you want to be a good person? Do you want to be rich? Do you want to be an honest person who believes in the rights of others? Or do you want to be the noble who sits atop the, the, the throne of skulls. I think back to the uh, uh, you know old legends or stories about uh, medieval times or whatever, and the nobility, and I don't speak historically, I'm just speaking somewhat um, colloquially about these ideas, where the nobles lived in their castles, and the peasants tilled the fields. That's still how things are, and maybe always will be, I don't know. The only difference now is, you, as an American, you're a noble. You absolutely are. You don't have to work as hard as somebody in Mexico, even our neighbor to the south. 
The average uh, income yearly, I think in Mexico is what, like eight to 10 grand? In Brazil, it's around the same thing. In the United States, it's 60,000. You, you are nobility. Now, we view our society based on, well, we, we view our society as our worlds for the most part. So of course, as Americans, you might be a working class American making 60,000 a year. And you look up at these ultra rich people and you say, they're the true nobles. And in this context, that's true. To the world, however, Americans are the nobility. We are the wealthy individuals gorging ourselves. Our homeless people are morbidly obese. We are the modern nobles. Do you want to live that way forever? Do you want to maintain that dream where you can sit back, get fat, gorge yourself and work relatively little compared to everybody else? Then by all means, support Joe Biden and his war machine. Support his propagandistic efforts. Do you want to be honest and support yourself? Do you want to avoid exploitation? You need to get out of cities. You need to start taking care of animals. You need to start supporting yourself and producing your own food. You need to engage in fair trade. Of course, I'm not hitting every single possible point. I don't know everything about all of what's happening. The reality is we are constantly being lied to. The reality is the White House is getting these young people as a new method of propaganda to manipulate. And these people are more than happy to do it. It's unfortunate. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. And so when you get someone like Ellie Zeiler, my only request to say Ellie or, or, or any of these other um, influencers, don't blindly repeat talking points from anyone, corporations or governments. You know, I, I, I read ads and sometimes I reject ads when I don't like what they want to claim. And I say, I won't do that. Sometimes there are some ads where they're like, we want you to tell people this is your favorite product. And I'll say, is it my favorite product? And they'll be like, well, I mean, just say it. And I'll be like, no, <laughs> like, I won't do it. If it is, you know, I have no problem saying it. You know, Biotrust, sponsor of our show, and legit, the stuff, the MCT stuff we get from them is my favorite. You mix in your coffee. I'm not doing a sponsor spot for them. I'm just pointing out. There's other MCT oils and stuff that I don't shout out. It's not, I don't care to. So, of course. But there's a bunch of ads I reject. I won't say things that aren't true. If it comes to the White House telling me to say something, I'm going to be like, no. That's why I don't typically fall for hoaxes the way most people do. I don't believe the Jesse Smollett thing. I don't believe the Covington thing. I don't, I don't believe a lot of the lies. But in, 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 in that being said, there are some narratives that are called conspiracies that I also don't believe either. When the biolab story came out initially about Ukraine, that there were biolabs in the country, I said, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't care if you're the White House. I don't care if you're some dude on the internet. Show me the proof. And now we're learning there are a lot of biolabs in Ukraine, of course. I want to show you, uh, give you some quick educational uh, um, information. A, a nice shout out from the ever legendary George Orwell. One of the greatest quotes I've read, especially in a long time, George Orwell, and uh, what he wrote is the homage to Catalonia. He said, Early in life, I noticed that no event is ever correctly reported in a newspaper. But in Spain, for the first time, I saw newspaper reports which did not bear any relation to the facts, not even the relationship which is implied in an ordinary lie. I saw great battles reported where there had been no fighting and complete silence where hundreds of men had been killed. I saw troops who had fought bravely denounced as cowards and traitors and others who had never seen a shot fired hailed as heroes of imaginary victories. And I saw newspapers in London retailing these lies and eager intellectuals building emotional superstructures over events that never happened. I saw, in fact, history being written not in terms of what happened, but of what ought to have happened according to various party lines. A brilliant quote. 
But it's not so much a brilliant quote as it is a, an observation. And that's what we're seeing right now with this propaganda. I'd like to show you another quote from George Orwell. He said, in As I Please, During the Spanish Civil War, I found myself feeling very strongly that a true history of this war never would or could be written. Accurate figures, objective accounts of what was happening simply did not exist. And if I felt that even in 1937, when the Spanish government was still in being, and the lies which the various Republican factions were telling about each other and about the enemy were relatively small ones, how does the case stand now? Even if Franco was overthrown, what kind of records will the future historian have to go upon? And if Franco or anyone at all resembling him remains in power, the history of the war will consist quite largely of, quote, facts, which millions of people now living know to be lies. It's fascinating, isn't it? We know the government lies to us. The government does not tell you the truth. The United States is not here to be honest with the American people. That's why they bring on TikTokers. This is why they bring on people who are not specialists in these areas. Now, let me just ask you, if you're a fan of these TikTokers, you know, wouldn't it make more sense to invite journalists? Wouldn't it make more sense to ask journalists to sit down with the TikTokers? Why would the White House give talking points to TikTokers to just repeat without verifying or fact-checking? Fa uh, the fascinating thing here is they say they're trying to stop the spread of disinformation, but that's literally what they are doing. The U.S. is playing a game of information warfare. Their goal is to control what you think about these wars and these conflicts. Why is gas so expensive? It is complicated. It is true that Russia does play a role in this, but it's also true that under Donald Trump, gas did not spike this high. Donald Trump was clearing the way for more energy production in the United States. And even, it, it, I mean, look, look at Republicans. Drill, baby, drill. The famous quote, I think that was Sarah Palin. If you stop producing, gas prices will go up. Joe Biden is an advocate for the for suspension of oil and gas infrastructure and production. He's banned fracking on public lands. He suspended oil and gas leases, and he shut down Keystone XL. Those are going to immediately cause speculative drive where the prices will skyrocket because people are scared about the future. And then Joe Biden and, uh, ended the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is a gas pipeline from Russia into Germany. Why would he do that? I don't know. By doing so, he cleared the way for Russia to continue. Um, I mean, they were amassing troops on, the, on, on the, you know, the border of Ukraine while he was doing this. I suppose the idea was a show of goodwill. Hey, we're going to give you this gas pipeline so you'll still be able to run your gas just over here instead. It was a mistake. We should have been preparing for a potential conflict and making sure the United States was more resilient. In reality, you can either accept that these things are true or you can lie to yourself Either way, you'll be worse off. Pretending that it's Vladimir Putin causing your problems will not change the fact that your problems exist. Denying the reality of ending fossil fuel production will not make your problems stop existing. So you can do this. Don't lie to yourself. If you have a problem with climate change, you can choose to accept that your gas prices will go up and life will be harder for you, but for your good cause. Or you can acknowledge... Maybe you don't really care about climate change and you'd rather just have cheap gas. I'm not saying you're a good or bad person. I'm saying just be honest with yourself. I am fully aware, the camera I am staring into, the computers I use before me, my cell phones, that these are made mostly by slave labor in foreign countries. It sucks. 
But I also recognize the power bestowed upon me and the abilities that I will have by using this technology to create videos like this. I'd prefer it if these goods just were more expensive. A lot of people wouldn't. I recognize that if I were to do away with the sweatshop labor in these foreign countries and actually gave people a you know, fair trade for these goods and their labor, they would go up three or four times in terms of their cost. Personally, I'm okay with that. For the time being, it's not the system we have. I will be absolutely honest and acknowledging that over the past decade or so, We've had major stories about the Foxconn laboratories in Southeast Asia where people were trying to commit suicide in mass because the conditions were so awful. I won't lie to myself about it. I'll say, yep, it's happening. What do you do? Well, we talk about it. And I ask you all to be honest with yourselves. That's it. Seek the truth. The truth shall set you free. So, Zyler, 18, who's this guy? Khalil Green, Gen Z historian. Um, I don't know exactly what his position is. I watched the video from from Zyler, and it's clear that she was just given talking points, and she doesn't know what this is. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She's being exploited and manipulated. She's being treated like a tool. She's being used. I think it's 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 a bummer that you've got these energetic young people who are interested, who want the war to end, who want people's lives to be better, and the White House basically spits in their faces. I don't like Joe Biden. I also don't like Donald Trump for a lot of reasons, but there are some things I'll be, I'm willing to give Joe Biden credit for. Absolutely. And Donald Trump, I think, deserves credit. I think if Donald Trump was president right now, your life would be a lot better, period, for all of his faults. Just be honest with yourself. I'll leave it there. Even Trevor Noah said it. Crazy. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.